we just got done recording with Wes Archie and Bo Allen, and they are the founders of PS33 Softball Academy and um, co-owners of HRT Sports in Rancho Cordova. Yes, um, they're awesome. Yeah, 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 they're awesome. We didn't mention this in the episode. Um, We just had so many more interesting things to talk about, but Wes is also one of the assistant softball coaches at Sheldon with uh, Mary Jo. And so I coached with him there. Um, um, Their daughters, um, they go to my school, and I train them there and stuff. And so um, I've known them for, um, for a little bit, and they are amazing people. So that was really fun to get to talk to them. Yeah, they were great. It was my first time uh, meeting them. And I think after having our, our conversation, it's a bummer that we obviously we can't meet in person because I think that conversation would have been even better in person. Yeah. But yeah, you can just tell that their hearts, they have great hearts um, and just the things that they've learned from their life experience and how they apply that to the lives or um, I guess mentoring and coaching the young athletes that they coach. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. And you can tell that they're just very genuine, uh, authentic people. And um you know, have just great passion for what they do. And that's really cool to see. And, and I think you and I have talked before, I don't know if we've mentioned this on air before, but I know we've talked off air about how it's always fun. Like we love talking about competition. We love talking about sports. We love talking about, you know, the, the intricacies of the different sports, but um, it is fun having episodes like this where you have coaches who have a lot of knowledge, but the conversation veers in a completely different direction. And I feel like we didn't even really talk about the competitive or, um, athletic side of sports. It was all about the impact that you can make, um, yeah. both an athlete and a coach. And I always, I always love when the conversation goes that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it totally went that way. And it was just, it, again, it was one of those moments where I'm sitting and I'm just like listening. And then, and then you're asking a lot of the questions and I'm like, Oh wait, I'm a, I'm a co-host. I should be <laughs> it just, it's, it's just one of those things where they just kind of took off and you know, talked about it just had a lot of good things to say. And it was just, I was just like soaking it up. So I hope um, all of the listeners, you guys will soak it up too. And they had, they just had a lot of good things to say. That's all I can say. Yep. So um, definitely enjoy this episode. Yep. Peace. Right. See ya. Now it is time. Now it is time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Character Combine. Character Combine. Yeah, you ready? Yeah, you ready? Winning goes beyond the scoreboard. Coaches, coaches, I want you to have the type of voice, type of voice that your athletes will hear decades later and still recognize the leadership that you hold in their life, in their life, in their life. Get this thing, get this thing started. Welcome to the And I am Deb McCollum, and we have two guests today who have been um, so uh, great to join us on Zoom, which is, you know, fun and a pain in the butt sometimes. But um, we have, um, they're my good friends. I have uh, Wes Archie and Bo Allen in front of us on our uh, computer slash phones right now. They are the co-owners of HRT Sports and um, the head coaches of a um, softball program called PS33 Academy. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you. We're good. Thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate it. Of course, thank you. Yeah, thanks for being here. I'm not very good at introducing, so I'm sorry if I butchered any of that. Josh usually does all that stuff, so <laughs> I appreciate you letting me try that. Yeah, no, that was, that was, um, that was pretty... so what we, we start, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we we start off with some warm up questions. So um I'm gonna ask you guys a couple of things just to get it started. Um and uh all right, you ready? Okay, 
you guys can both answer or one of you answer or however you want to do it. So, um, okay. okay, question number one. If you could live anywhere for one month when money's not an issue and coronavirus is not an issue, where would you live? Anywhere oh. for one month. <laughs> I, I, mine would be on the water, yeah. wherever in the water. So um, one of one of our favorite places, again, I haven't really been out of the country a lot, but one of our oh and I's favorite places, Clearwater, Florida. Okay. Florida. Yeah. Nice. Oh my goodness, we we loved it there. If I get any place, good warm water and hanging out on the beach with that, we would we would love that. But yeah, I yeah. so I think I can speak for yeah. Okay, very cool. That's a great. That's a great <laughs> answer. I mean, I love I love the water. I love the beach. So. I'm completely on board with you for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I saw clear ocean water for the first time a few years ago in the Caribbean. So that's where I would live. Hey, and the seafood was amazing. The price was awesome and the food was great. So that's even better. <laughs> nice. Nice. There you go. A complete package for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Very cool. Okay. Question number two. Um, would you rather travel to the future or go back in time? I would definitely say for both of us, probably the future, because neither of us really look back on anything. I mean, it's yeah. what defines us. I feel like everything that you do in your life is just a part of your legacy and a part of your story. Um, so I, I like the idea of kind of going in the future. Awesome. I like it. I Me like too. It. Yeah. Whenever I ask that question, a lot of people say the future because, and I think that's a coaching mentality. We don't mm -hmm. like to look back <laughs> on anything. We just keep going forward. So that's mm -hmm. good. Well, yeah, and I think a lot of people say the same thing that you say, where it's like, you know, what, you know, what happened in the past, you know, you've used to, to build up who you are now. So I think, you know, that's a great answer. One day, one day we'll find someone who wants to go back in the past, but we haven't found them yet. <laughs> no. yeah, exactly. All right. Last question. This one's a little tougher. Um, I want you both to try to answer this one. Okay, hold on. Um, don't, don't let her fool you. It's not kind of tougher. It's pretty tough. So don't let her undersell that. Okay. If you could pick, I call it your life song. Like there's a song pretty out there recorded. If there's a song, it's like a theme song for your life. Um, what would it be? And it could be like currently right now, or maybe sometime in your past or whatever. It's hard to choose. I know because everyone has a different life song for different times. I bet I, I know what yours is. Okay. Oh, that's good. I think I do. I don't know what it would be called, but I think it just kind of like cultivates who you are is that the song that um, our son dances that Wesley danced to. Oh, Sail. Sail by AWOL. Oh, that's a good song. Nation. Nation. Sail. Sail. So, I, I, yeah, there's a lot. I'm a, I'm a big Motown, but I guess that sort of brings up. So, and the reason I, she says that is because I'm a big sports guy. I mean, obviously, we're talking about that. And, my, and out of all that, all my kids for the most part except for the girls are the only ones that are still playing sports all my boys didn't my they said play basketball but my oldest son he was a great athlete but he was a dancer and he did contemporary dance and stuff like that so when I went to watch him perform I'll just go ahead and say it I bawled like a baby I'm not even gonna lie it just it, it, it consumed me it and that really was the did. Song playing. yeah and that was a song he did a dance with this young lady on stage and as many sports and things I've been involved with, there was nothing that touched me as much as watching him dance. Yeah, he's beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. He had women jump in the air and he was catching them mid flight and just the amount of muscle tone and, and discipline, it was just, I don't know, every time I hear that song, I just think of just the love and the passion and, and intensity of that song yeah. in just a different light. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, for that sure. Song? Are you are you familiar with that song, Deb? Um, no, I'm gonna listen to it after this. Though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, it's it's got a um, it's a big, That's a good the, workout beat. like a big sounding oh, song. So okay. I imagine seeing yeah, someone yeah. on stage yeah. dancing to that would be pretty powerful. Yeah, That's cool. That's exactly- yeah. yeah, it yeah. was. And, and again, because we're sports people, we don't really know anything about the dance world. So to be able to connect with your kids on a different level, yeah. um, I know Josh said you, your daughter is a daughter. Yes, my daughter. Yeah. 14 month old. And yeah. so we're on the other end of that. Our youngest is going into our junior year. And so when you when you connect with them on, on a level like that, I think it just changes how you see them and how you see them in the world. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's uh, we're we're a ways off from that. I know it will fly by, but <laughs> we're trying to keep her fourteen months as long as possible. <laughs> but no, it's a great choice. It's a great choice. Like I'm not sure, but Bose would be some somewhat of a worship song. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know yeah. which one is she. If, when we go okay. on our runs or jogs, she's always got a worship music going, and and yeah, so it's something. I can't pick which one it would be. I don't think I could. I know, I know the kids like to kind of poke fun at me. They're like, how does that motivate you? I'm like, how does it not? Like, I don't yeah. know. I just, I put on worship music and I go. That's awesome. It can be old. It can be old. It can be hymns. I don't care. I just, <laughs> I just, it allows you to just kind of free your brain of everything in the world. Yeah. Just go. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm there with you for sure. Absolutely. That's why I like asking the life song questions because I love, I can't, I think I can sing, but I can't, but you know, when you're alone and you're singing. So I just, I love music and I love, I have to I was like, no. <laughs> we're, we're waiting for it. We, I, I tell nobody cares about this, but um, we said that once we get to 25 star reviews on iTunes that, or actually I didn't say this, Deb said she would sing a song for our audience. Um, I don't know if anybody's really looking forward to it, but she said she I would. See, I'm impressed. Do it. Hey, see, there you go. What do you guys want to hear us sing? <laughs> Ooh. Anything. No, go with the Motown. Make her go all soulful and deep on yeah, yeah. That would, so that would be good. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? I thought you guys were my friends. <laughs> hey, you know what? They wouldn't be your friends if they didn't make fun of you. So I think they're they're showing how much of a friend they are. And you know what? I, I have to kind of, uh, you know, go against that because I actually like Motown a lot. So I don't know if I want to hear her sing that. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's really your friend you know what true story i i sang a motown song one time in karaoke and this lovely little woman walked up to me and said maybe next time try something in your range (laughs) (laughs) i'm never doing that again (laughs) what what song was it it wasn't motown but it was no. Song, song, song. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay. Which one did you say? Uh, oh, my God. Oh, um, what's the music? Oh, um, okay. That's the woman song? Yeah. I'm every, no. No. I can't think of it. Sorry, Sorry we're holding sorry. it up. <laughs> what old people do. <laughs> That's anyway, awesome. I, That's I quickly take back that bet that I made. I'm going to up it to 50. <laughs> <laughs> We need 55 stars and then I'll sing. So there we go. 55 stars. That's, that's going to be. Hey, I'm pretty wow. good at promoting. This might happen tomorrow. <laughs> I like it. I will take that for sure. All right, fine. 50. Whatever you say, Deb. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, so you guys survived the warm up questions. Thank well, those you. Those are just warm ups. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. The, re- the rest of it's easy. <laughs> we promise. <laughs> this is about you. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, good. Yeah. 
Oh, no. Well, the first question we usually, we always ask our guests or is, um, can you guys just tell us a little bit of, well, first of all, before I get to the questions, I forgot to do this last time, Josh. Um, we want to ask how you guys are doing just with everything with, yeah. um, you know, stay at home, the Corona and how, just how are you guys doing? Um, you want to start? Sure. Um, I, I feel like um, actually, it, and I don't want to take away from the seriousness of it or anything like that, but I feel like for us, um, it's really allowed us to slow down our lifestyle. Um, typically, we're coaching seven days a week. Not typically, that is what we do. Um, we get home at 10 o'clock at night. And so our, our, um, our kids, you know, aren't getting as much. Obviously, they're not 14 months anymore. So um, as they get older and get more freedom and we get invested in our own business in our own ways. Um, I think that uh, the biggest thing that I, I've been mindful of and aware of is the mental health aspect of what's happening. Um, and so Wes has been great about that. He gets us, he works out like every day. I'm going to be honest. I haven't been to a gym in three years, maybe more, probably more. <laughs> Coach Deb knows this. And um, because I prioritize all the coaching and everything else and I'm like, well, I hit and I throw, I'm fine. But um, Wes has us go every day. Now we're running five miles a day um, as a family, um, you know, eating together. Um, I, and again, too, I think, you know, I think it's challenging the younger your kids are. Um, I think because they are more demanding and they don't know that anything has changed. And so for us, our kids are older and you're at the other end of that where they don't need us as much either. Um, but they love having us here and they love the family meals and, and, and the food. And I mean, we definitely could have got off a lot cheaper going to Hawaii, just Wes and I, than um, having these kids to feed all week long. Uh, so, just, I call it grazing. All they do is graze all graze day. Graze so. <laughs> And I love to cook. It's my favorite thing. He knows that. I love to cook everything from scratch. And so it's like constant, um, you know, just constant change of menu. So you like yeah. that. That's awesome. That's, That's great that you, that you can, um, that you have that perspective and that you guys can just slow down and enjoy time together. Because you guys are busy. I've seen how busy yeah. you guys are. <laughs> I'm like, do they even sleep? So, um, so that's good that you Power. guys can do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it's definitely give us a, I mean, again, not taking away from anything that's going on, right? But it's obviously given us a chance to breathe a little bit. That yeah. and even, I don't even know if, we're, if that's a word I should be using, but it, it just truly has slowed us down. Um, you know, yeah, I find myself watching way too much TV, but I do put myself in a position where we go and force us <laughs> to go out and exercise and, and yeah. walk and, yeah, she says run. She's being kind because she's doing more running than I'm doing. So, it's, but, I, but we're getting out and we're getting the kids out there and, and trying to be involved. And so actually some pretty good conversations with the kids along the way. I mean, yeah. Because obviously when you're going for almost two hours, you know, it's, yeah. you, you will, Coach Deb knows Beja and Beja's not quiet. So Beja consumes about an hour and 40 of that. that That's walk. our youngest. That's now why Wes and Beja walk so. on their own and Joby and I go on a run. <laughs> Nobody doesn't talk, and we have to bring a dog and just go. Beige has got to talk. Um, That's awesome. I was going to say, she only talks like for an hour and 40. That's it. It just, I, I coach, I mean, uh, Bo said in a different way. The kids are just demanding in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, they're just, they love, they still, they're not little, but they love the time. They mm -hmm. still love the time with us. Act like they don't, but they truly love the time. So. 
So just yeah. take it, take advantage good. of that, Josh, before you know it, you blink and you're like, what happened here? Especially <laughs> girls. I mean, the, the great part about girls is they're, they're talkers. And so, yeah. you know, they'll yeah. just cuddle up next to him. And they're like, hey, dad, you know, talking about whatever they're thinking about. And he makes it a priority. I'll just walk away and be like, okay, yeah, stop talking. And he's like, no, they have a lot of information. I'm like, I'm good. I am good. Yeah. <laughs> that him and the girls can binge watch Criminal Minds. I didn't know that was a thing. So oh, no. <laughs> they sleep with one eye open. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my Joby, my oldest one, the daughter, she's like, are you trying to plot something for me right now? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, I, I get that for sure because my mom loves that show. So I'm always like, when I leave the house, I'm like, hey, dad, <laughs> you better say your best behavior. He's got the, it's like eight feet in, man. Yeah. Josh, yes. And, I, and I'm true to a type A personality. I don't sit all day long. Yeah. We, I mean, all day long. I'm doing projects. And I look at him, I'm like, how can you do this? And he's like, how can you not? <laughs> <laughs> and, and you have to know the disclaimer is I've seen every episode, so I'm, I'm re-watching. He's re-watching these. <laughs> That's just, uh, yeah. That does make you a little, it should make you a little nervous. It's either like you're really <laughs> or you're game planning. I don't know. <laughs> right? Yeah. I miss a step. The tap of the window, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, usually, I'll say this, and I don't want this to be offensive to you, man, but usually I'm, I'm bummed that we can't do this interview in front of someone. I'm actually kind of glad now because if this is sideways, <laughs> you know, this might be a dangerous situation for me. So uh, this is good that we're doing a social No, nah, Josh, you seem pretty cool. I think you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell my wife that when I get off the line here. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, anyways. Awesome. Well, at least towards the end of this episode, we were going to ask you guys like your favorite Netflix binge. So you just told us one of them. So that was good. That's for sure his, not mine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yours then. Okay. Okay. Good. We'll come back to that. Yeah, we'll swing back around. <laughs> um, can you guys tell us about your um, just your just your coaching background, your athletic background, kind of where all that started up until um, you guys coaching now, I guess, in a in a fast forward motion story, I guess. Who wants to go first? Well, oh, you're I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, Even him leaving the room makes me nervous. I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna kind of look behind me just to make sure he does. <laughs> <laughs> you wait if you only knew, because Deb would tell you, he's the teddy bear. He's oh. yeah, teddy bear. <laughs> he, he seems yeah. like a, a very no. cool guy. He, as soon as you walked away, he goes, I'm not gonna lie, I'm looking over my shoulder like, is he in my room? <laughs> Um, I'm a little I, nervous now. Uh, um, I, hmm. So sports, I just think of, um, I think it's just something that, that uh, for, uh, for us independently, I think we've both always been really passionate about. Um, I think some people coach, um, and, and not to take away from anyone, I think a lot of, a lot of people I think coach because they want to coach their kids. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, okay. Um, for us, we, you know, six kids, we coached our son in baseball for a year and, um, we coached, we've now coached our other, one of our daughters for two years. So out of all six kids, like we're, we're not a fan of coaching our own kids. Um, we'll help train them and, and help them kind of along the way. But, um, softball for me was always sports in general was always kind of an outlet. Um, and I think, 
I was joking with someone the other day, so, and I hate to age myself, but my 25-year reunion was set for July. I'm not sad that it's not happening, to be honest. And um, I love how they pull out the yearbook and, you know, it's like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I, and you look on it and mine said I was going to be a coach and a PE teacher. And I'm like, well, I coach, so basically I'm a PE teacher. Um, <laughs> I, I knew very early on that for me, that was a way that I could kind of work with people and help people, um, motivate, inspire. I'm not sure what the, the correct tagline would be. Um, yeah, so, I, I, and it's kind of been an interesting path. I think I've always um, played um played college all high school played multiple sports college played um first year softball and soccer then switched to just softball um then went overseas in australia came back um started having kids that kind of stuff and um continued playing um you know whatever that looks like and then um kind of made it a point to get back into coaching um, so I've always coached high school sports. I was really young. I think I was 21, 20, 21, the first year I helped intern at a high school. Um, and I've always chosen to work at inner city um, high schools, troubled high schools. Um, yeah. And then um, Wes and I coached baseball together. I want to say, what was that? 11 years ago, maybe? Uh, 10, 10, 10 years 10, ago. Because um, we met umpiring. So... Um, that was kind. Of, that was actually my career for quite a few years, um, doing AAA baseball and softball and um, that kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, met him umpiring. And then um, someone actually had approached us, uh, approached him about baseball. We started coaching baseball together. You want to go from there? Um, yeah. So I've been coaching for like I date myself, but I was I've been coaching for close to. He's pretty old, Josh. 37, 38 years. <laughs> I mean, I co I started when I was 16. I start. It's funny. I it's uh. What year would that be? Uh, yeah, I don't know. 82, 81. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, right. But again, it's funny because I started coaching baseball. Okay, I started yeah. flag football, and then I was uh I was gonna coach baseball, and I coached little league baseball probably at 18, 17, 18. Wow. And it's funny they had to they had to have a vote to see if I was mature and old enough to coach baseball because they were like I don't know this guy's 17 18 years old but these are just it was just a passion I always loved to coach she wants to she wants to show you a picture this is a picture of me I love this picture because it shows his passion yeah so I don't know if you guys could see this but this one makes oh, uh, wait the glare there oh, yes. so Wes oh, is in awesome. those fabulous shorts on the left. That's my brother. Deb, that's his brother. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's my brother. On the right. So, oh. yeah. That's so awesome. Again, that's cool. Yeah, that was when he was in 12. So, actually, at that point, I'd been coached for a couple of years because I am nine years older than my brother. So, I was okay. actually, I think I was 21 then because he was 12. Um, you know what's great about that picture is you still have that same stance when you coach, how he gets on his knees and he's always got eye level with kids, yeah. not talking down to them. He's always right on their level. That's so cool. That. So, yeah, I, I guess that's it. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about it. That's sort of where I started. I've just been doing from basketball to, to football to baseball to, to now softball. So, 
Well, you could tell him how I suckered you over to fast pitch. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's part of. It. I was doing baseball, and I and I and again, I didn't have any idea about softball. I didn't know anything about it. I was a baseball guy, so I was coaching, and then we were doing it. And then all of a sudden, uh, we had a guy that we were working for at that point. He wanted to do softball, so he got Bonita to open up a program. And it wasn't just one. We had like I don't. It was crazy. Four teams. Four, four or five teams, and she needed a coach. And I was like, Yeah, I am not coaching softball. <laughs> so basically she you know she, Bo has a way of you know like persuading people so I went over there again and I coached it and the, it's the funniest thing we're out at a tournament I go to do the lineup and I turn around I turn around and I see the girls cheering I was like what are you doing what is going on here and but, but then we played and I'm not gonna lie from that day on I was hooked and I didn't even I finished the baseball season and I never went back into baseball wow so, yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. That's cool. it, it's a, uh, I'm laugh. I laughed when you said the girls were cheering because yeah. if they don't cheer during the game, then they get in trouble. <laughs> but it was, the one, it was the one part of the game I didn't tell him anything about. Yeah. And so when we met, I umpired so much baseball that I don't think that he realized the transition in personalities and, and clientele was that much different. And yeah. I just remember watching him <laughs> from we were in Olympia, Washington, and I was looking down on you at Yonder Fields, and they started cheering, and he turned and went, what in the is going on here? <laughs> he said, you he didn't say anything about cheering, and I'm like, I knew you wouldn't sign up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he loves that part of it now. I mean, that's yeah, when for sure. I have some some videos that I, I post of him doing goofy stuff on the dugout, you know, singing with the girls, and they love it. They love it. <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, he's definitely got that. He has a, a heart. I think he's, he didn't know that he was meant to be a girl daddy as well. Hmm. I think having girls just kind of transport him, transform yeah. her. It softened him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. If yeah, anyone listening has, yeah. has, has watched a softball game and you know that yeah. the competitive teams are not quiet. So yeah. that is, I could see your, I could just see your face when you, when you're telling the story of you turning around, like what is going on? <laughs> <You're> loud. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that is because my wife played softball. And so that, that's definitely a unique um, part of that game is the, it brings a lot of energy to the field for sure. And I oh, think yes. you yeah, hear people yeah. say it all the time. I tell them you guys are not loud enough. I need you to be louder because it, again, it, it, it helps. You said it perfect. Josh. It brings energy because those days that you're struggling, it's going to help carry you through. It truly is. So. Yeah. yeah. I love it. What does, I don't know if you guys mentioned this, what does PS 33 Academy stand for? So that's, I'm glad you asked. Cause I did definitely want to talk about that. So I played, it, it's funny, I played baseball and, and, a little, and then I played basketball at, at local JC here. And then I didn't, I always was pretty good at baseball, but I just, I thought the game was boring to play. It's, it's funny, I'm still involved with it and I coached it afterwards, but I, I didn't do it. And it was always something I probably should have done because I've always just been able to hit. It just was something that I'm able to, I love to do it. And it's just something that I wanted to do, but I didn't get involved with, um, with baseball. So then I was in my, probably 22, 23, and my buddy introduced me to, to slow piss softball. And I was like, I am not playing slow piss softball. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, 
it's old guys league. And here I am. <laughs> the whole story behind that is crazy. And I went out and I go, the first game I played was just a league game. I popped up to the infield four times in a row. And I was like, I can hit. And how can I not hit this slow pitch that's coming in? Mm-hmm. So I'll be, as a competitor in me, I had to go and say, I've got to prove that I can do this. So fast forward, I ended up playing and it started traveling around playing softball. It's as crazy as it seems. I was, it sort of became my job. I was getting paid to play softball. And it was, got a place to live, got a thing. And it's then, a real thing. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And, yeah. And so, so then I met this guy. His name was Paul Sonner. The PS. Uh, the PS. Um, I met this guy, and he we played against him, and he lived in Reno, Nevada, and I still lived in California at the time. And he says, hey, I want you to come play for me. What kind of deal can we work out? So anyhow, I played for him for one year. and only got paid for one year. And then I played for him for like nine or ten more years after that. Well, to make a long story short, Paul, his heart was – I've never seen – this guy was a millionaire. And you would never know it. He walked around in uh, cut off jean shorts and a to- uh, was it Tommy Bahama? Is that the shirt? Oh my That's gosh. all he really wore all the time, right? Okay. And he was a big dude. He was huge, real big guy. Yeah. He had a heart that I never. That he owned Bully's restaurants in the Reno, Nevada. There's like nine or ten of them. Okay. He would open up his doors to the homeless. He would go out. He would do things that I just sit back in awe and watch it. I mean, I was raised to make sure you're doing good. He just went above and beyond, which he didn't have to. And right. well, he passed away. Um, so we, we went to um, Texas for a national tournament and we played like crap. So we went 0-2. We, he goes, we're not going to sit around and do nothing. He went and loaded up the three vans that we had with toiletry stuff, stuff, and we took it to the Superdome during Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. Because we're just we're not. This is this is not what we're doing. We're going to go and we're going to do do things and go help other people. And I, again, this just wow. he inspired me. He's like, if you want to, I, I know Coach Jeff said something earlier about a mentor. Him and one other gentleman in my life have been just like they they've changed my life. And and Paul, without getting trying to keep my composure with it, I I just love the guy. So I, the, the least I could do was do something, P.S., and 33 was his number. So that answers Paul Saunders, 33 Academy. And I love it, and I love to tell the story, but you know what I love more? When we go out of town and people ask our girls, and mm. they tell the story, and they light up. And oh. it's just, yeah, it's, it's, I have to, I really have to, I listen with a smile, but it chokes me up because of what he meant and what, what he was all about. And he had, he had one daughter, Jordan is her name, and uh, she was yeah. she was the world to him, just the absolute world. And we still keep in contact. And I and I actually before we did it, Bo surprised me about getting this PS thirty three going. And uh, I had to reach out to her to make sure it was okay. Mm-hmm. And she was like, wow. "Of course it is." Surprise so is a yeah. nice word for that. Like, basically, yeah. I started a company behind his back <laughs> with this name. <laughs> there, there seems to be a pattern here. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I um, just and a little kind of backstory on that is um, so when I met him, you know, for years ago, um, he had a typical bachelor house, right? So you go in, there's like a couch and a TV that's bigger than the couch. Um, and I go in and I'm like, what are these newspaper clippings? And they were of Paul. And so I asked him about it and he was getting so choked up. He couldn't really talk about it. Um, so I never actually met Paul, 
Um, but I reached out to his daughter after Wes kind of shared the story and I, and I'm not some like crafty human at all. Um, but I, I took the newspaper clippings and keep in mind, I think we'd known each other maybe a month at this point, but I knew, I knew that I loved him and I knew that I was like all in invested in this human. And so I took all those newspaper clippings and anything I could find pictures of him and Paul, um, and I took him to a Michael's craft store and I just like dumped him on the counter and I was like, Hey, I'm not crafty. And this is what I needed to look like. And the guy was like, okay, go grab that window box, get some pins. And I did this like huge window box collage, like a, I don't, I mean, huge, huge. And, uh, Wes came home and I, I had it in the trunk of the car and I was like, I was so nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh, if he's either going to just like kick me to the curb after a month <laughs> or be like, I'm done watching Criminal Minds. This chick just stole a bunch of newspaper clippings. So <laughs> it was like, this is probably a lose-lose. Yeah. And I'm super awkward about just that kind of stuff. So, but I remember opening, I don't even remember where we were, but I remember opening up the trunk and he just, he looked at me and his mouth was open and he wouldn't speak. Mm. And then he started to cry and I was like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> um, and, and I just, he's like, why would you do that? And I just saw how much Paul meant to him. So that meant something to me. Um, and then the cool thing is, you know, like just this, this year, I, we, I took um, two teams down. Where was I? Uh, Salinas? No. Salinas and I this gentleman that we were coaching against he, I was on third base talking to him and I said um he's like hey what's PS33 and I told him and he's like you gotta be kidding me because I played against Paul for years mm-hmm. wow. I said oh then you probably know my husband Wes he's like Wes Archie yeah and he and I mean so it was, it was pretty cool and his whole team was from Bakersfield he's like Paul was such a good guy oh Wow. Oh That's yeah. Crazy. And so I'm like tearing up on third base, you know, trying to cook these little 11 year olds and oh my yeah. God. But yeah. it, you know, I just love that. I love the idea of, you know, kind of a living legacy. If you will. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Absolutely. Awesome. No, we, um, love, we love stuff like that just because, Oh, sorry. You cut out a little bit. Sorry. I said, if we start talking too much, you can just like, no. people want to hear from you guys. That's dirty. <laughs> No, we want, yeah, no, we, our listeners want to hear you guys, not us. So. Yeah, no, good. they don't care about uh, about us at all. They just want us to press play and then shut up, which really happens. <laughs> that's, that's what the plan's supposed to be. That's what he wants me to do too. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's, um, I, lo- I love hearing stories like that because, um, you know, one of the questions that we ask is who's a, a coach or a teacher or a person in your life that's had a tremendous impact on the way you live life, on the way you coach and all of that. And so, you know, something I, I know I've said it a million times, I'm going to say it again because I think it's important. Not one time has someone come onto this show saying, yeah, this coach had a, a, an amazing impact on me because they called this play in the fourth quarter of the state championship basketball game. It's never anything like that. It's always, Hey, this person, you know, took us to the Superdome to pass out toiletries to the homeless community, or you know, they visited me in the hospital. It's always something like that. So um, I love that because you know, our whole thing is, yeah, sports are awesome. We love sports. We wouldn't be doing this without sports. But the whole point of what we do and what you guys do is that it's beyond, you know, it goes beyond the scoreboard. It goes beyond the field or the court. Um, and the things you learn on the on the field is, you know, bigger than life. So you know, that's a, you know, hit Paul's story is a, a perfect example of that. 
He used to every. This is actually before Bo, um, when my my oldest son was little. We would always go up to Reno, and he had a pretty nice sized house, obviously. And we would celebrate New Year's, but we would celebrate it. He's from New York, so we would celebrate it at nine o'clock. And okay. we he would separate. Have all the kids downstairs, and they have the adults upstairs, right? So I remember we got done, and we were getting ready to leave. Bodie doesn't even know the story, right? And and again, I knew this guy. And you have to understand, we started as a business. I was playing, he was paying me to play softball, right? And just, it was just a, no, I told him, I only did it for one year. I said, you're not paying me to play softball. I want to do this. I want to go play. We run it. I got to travel. I I played softball in every state except for three with this guy. I mean, and this is slow pitch. It's just crazy that I think back and go, this was insane. But getting back to my story was we were getting ready to leave. And he goes, I have something for you. And I said, you know, Paul, you do enough for me. I said, he went, his daughter made this dinosaur. It was a piggy bank dinosaur. And it just, it ran like this down into the belly and it had this, um, where you collect the money on it. And it was made out of wood. I mean, it just, just the whole thought of it. And he put my son's name on it. And Um, yeah, I was like, who, who does this? I mean, I was just like, you know, being a man, so I can't show anything, all this kind of stuff. And I just remember driving home going, this is different. This is different than anything that I've ever had seen with, uh, with male-male relationship as far as, hey, man, I can't, you know, I was raised back where you, I didn't show a lot of emotion. You, you just didn't. My, my dad and my dad's dad, I, ne- I never saw him show any emotion whatsoever. So when that happened, I just remember that was like, and he took the time to be invested in my family and my, and my son off this. So, yeah, I just, I mean, it may sound simple, but it was just like at that moment, I just knew this, this guy was just different. He didn't have to do that. So that's powerful, powerful for sure. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Well then we can skip the question where we ask who's your mentor. Cause we know who your mentor person, inspiration person. is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. No, you just told that whole story. I love it. I do have a, I do have a, a kind of a question um, on that, though. If, if you had to choose one trait that you've taken from him and applied it to your own coaching, what would that trait be? Invest in people. That's good. He, he just, he, it didn't matter. Like, like I said, I just remember just the crazy stuff. And again, yeah, he had it, but the fact he did, we'd be just walking by and, Guy would be down and out. He'd walk by and hand him something, hand him a hundred dollar bill. Just, I mean, like, and again, he had it, but it, that was that wasn't the point to me. It was just like I would just sit back and we'd watch the things that we do it, and it wasn't just me. We have a whole family of we call it like bullies forever because that was the name of our softball team was his his, his restaurant, his sports bar was bullies, and I still have these guys to this day that I reach out to. I just got a picture just two days ago from us winning a national tournament in 2008 and just everybody's family because he like I said we weren't just this typical beer league softball team he flew guys from all over I this put this way I lived in Maryland for three years and flew out he flew me out to the west coast to play softball Mm -hmm. just because just I mean it was just different for him because we were family so yeah, I, I was just the people part. Watching him interact with people was nothing more than amazing to me. I was just like really in awe to watch him just get people on board for what he was trying to do. Right. 
That's awesome. Um, have you got, I mean, everything that you guys, that you just said, do you guys, is that part of your coaching philosophy in terms of um, it's people first, it's getting to know the person, who they are in their character? So, so I'll let, I'll say, I'll, I'll let Bo talk. Coach, what we say is softball is just an avenue for us to develop good people. But that's, that's our goal. I'm going to tell you, I mean, honestly, yeah, at the end of the day, I think Josh spoke about this, about the moments. You know what my favorite moments are? When we have team dinners. Uh, when we sit yeah. down, we, with our rule is we take away the cell phones, yeah. and we, we sit down and we, you know, we'll buy dinners and we have the kids interact. And the silly goofiness that they do and watching the smiles and the relationships that develop are going to be things I remember to the day that I'm no longer on this earth. I'm not going to there's games that happen. But we're trying to, I'm trying to have you not do the dumb stuff that I did as a kid and trying to figure out that, hey, we're, you're somebody that's trying to help you and has your best interests. That's, that's what Bonita and I, this was our whole goal between, behind coaching is having the kids' best interests at hand. So, yeah. well, I, think, I mean, the, the great thing about it is um, it's never something that any one person can take credit mm-hmm. for. Um, like I said, I never even met Paul. Um, but I know how much he meant to Wes. And so that made him a pivotal person for me. And then, um, honestly, what happened was we had a team. Well, we had a couple teams. We didn't move to California until 2014, um, April, actually. It's this. Oh, I'm from California. Well, he is, but we met up there and lived up there. I'm born and raised Pacific Northwest or born in Canada, migrated down to, um, just South of Seattle. And so, um, I knew that that was really important to him. Um, and then we actually, when we started coaching down here, we just had some really, uh, this is, sorry, this is where I start to get a little emotional. We had some really great people that kind of um, got in our court and backed um, our coaching philosophy um, where, you know, yeah, Wes and I are competitors, trust me, we compete on everything we do in this house everything (laughs) um literally everything um but at the end of the day we both we both have a common goal and so we have some jokes about like um we had this team that um was just such a solid team and whether Wes would coach them one weekend and they'd go you know six and one seven and oh I'd coach them another weekend they'd go seven and oh and people would joke and go you guys are getting the same results but you're doing it completely differently we said, yeah, we're not the same person, right? And so um, just, you know, the little things, the game within the game. Um, and so we had some people that we were kind of, we're not, we're pretty closed off, I would say, from, from people in terms of kind of letting people into our bubble and into our world. We're really private. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and not, not um, out of anything, you know, that anyone's ever done. We're just really private people. Um, but we had some really great people that we were coaching that um, I was kind of thinking about it um, just sitting here, you know, we had um, Bobby quick, this dead, um, the Garzas. I mean, we had people that really pushed us to get the ball rolling for all this to happen. And that was like five years ago. Um, and so I think a lot of times people kind of sit back and they watch Wes and I and what we do and, and they um, look down, you know, at us like they don't belong here and and um you know we've been doing this for 20 years or, or whatever that looks like in in northern california and that's okay um uh and and it doesn't take anything away from what we do or what, what they do we just believe that we do something a little bit different 
um, and not perfect, just different. Um, we spend a lot of time on um, growing, I would say, our own coaching styles. I think the way that I coached 10 years ago, he coached 10 years ago, we've had to change and adapt to the times and to the kids. Um, just because the coaching styles that I flourished under basically non-existent. And so if, if we all, you know, continue to coach the same way we did 10 years ago, we wouldn't have programs. Um, and so I think for us, you know, we took what Paul does, um, Wes and I do, we, we call it love the homeless. Um, in our program, we do it, you know, four times a year. Um, and that's kind of where our common ground came in because Wes hadn't done something on that big of a scale, would you say? We, yeah, on that, it was when we first, Bonita got a coaching job at Foothill High School. In, Here in California. In, in California, Sacramento. I don't know if you know where Foothill High School is. Yeah. It's over off of, uh, is that off of what? Somewhere mm -hmm. off of there. It's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it was a tough tough one. I mean, we're talking that helicopters flew over and we had to take shelter sometimes. Yeah. And, and some of the little, the trailers that they're uh, portables that they had. So we were, so these kids, right there was, I remember this one kid and obviously I won't say that maybe she had like eight or nine siblings. This kid was a sophomore and she was in charge of her kid, of her sister. And just, just remember, just the kids having to wait to get rides home, not some of the kids not knowing where they were staying at night. Hmm. Right. So I remember asking this question. The kids asked a question, or Coach Bo had them ask, Who do you think went without or went what you know grew up not having anything? And so what you have to understand, right? This about I'm just keeping honest, but majority of the kids were uh Hispanic, black. I think there was like maybe two Caucasian kids on the team, but everybody else was a different. Uh, this is, and all, almost oh, all of them oh. said, you coach Wes, you're the one. I mm -hmm. said, no, nah, I've never wanted for anything in my life. I'm not going to lie. My dad had it. My mom and dad were together. I, they got divorced when I, when I was in my mid-20s. My dad worked on a truck. My mom worked. Coach Bo moved something like 30-something times before she was 12. Hmm. I mean, I mean, there's just it was just sort of funny that right away they saw me, and they go, oh, you're the one. Right? But she's the one that struggled. Um, Growing up, still, still made the best of it, but I, she can speak to that. Wow. So yeah. I moved 47 times before yeah. I was, I think, 11, possibly 12. Wow. And I'm not military, so <laughs> just to kind of, as a, as a little disclaimer. Um, and so I think, um, I, I joke a little bit about him being sweet. Um, I think I, you become kind of a byproduct of your environment. Um, I wasn't actually allowed to play sports. Um, we grew up homeless. We, you know, there were some years we moved eight or nine times. And, and I will say I didn't, we called it camping. We didn't, I didn't know I was homeless, um, until probably into my adulthood. Um, my mom actually met somebody, um, from the U S and I moved to the U S and I want to, I believe 89, 90. So I would have been maybe eighth grade around there. Um, and that's kind of when I had this really awesome stepdad that stepped in and my bio dad had said like, no women don't play sports. Like, that's not your role. You're going to, yeah. Right. And this isn't like, this is so long ago and so far removed. Um, and, um, my mom, you know, married my stepdad who, um, I remember him just sitting down with me and he was like, you can do anything. And I did, I tried every sport. Uh, I played Tackle football. 
because I think because in one year I had this man that, you know, was like supposed to love me, my dad, who had said women can't do anything. And then I had this stepdad that was like, women can do anything. So <laughs> do it. Um, yeah. And he was so great. And I think that's, that's like the one thing I love so much about Wes and, and what we do together is, um, we kind of joke with each other, like he'll tell me, well, I don't know what it's like to be a woman. I'm like, well, I don't know what it's like to be a black man. So, you know, we'll call it even. Yeah. <laughs> um, because we both bring something completely different to the table, right? And so it's like, we can, we can talk about sexism or racism and it's like, I don't understand what you're dealing with, but I can be compassionate to that mm-hmm. and want our kids and our um, teams you know, to learn from that. And, and same thing for me. So I, I set up the, the homeless events um, because, mm-hmm. and I, to me, it feels like home. I don't, I, I'm not scared or threatened or, or anything like that when I get around homeless people. Um, uh, in fact, I was just running today by a bunch of homeless camps with Joby and she was like, yeah, mom, they're just people, you know? And so I think that's an area where Wes and I, an additional area where we come together and kind of, in Paul's memory, in, in fashion with kind of my upbringing and, and what's important to me. And it's, I just think that, first of all, it's insane that people can make a living playing softball. Second of all, it's insane that I'm able to do something that I love so much, that he loves so much, and live out our dreams, essentially, in America. I mean, it's crazy to me. And so I just think the sport has given us both so much. We could never give back as much as the sport has given us between um, jobs and relationships and, and people um, travel. I mean, honestly, there's just, you know, I know Josh joked, like, where would you go on a vacation? And we're like, what is that? Like we went on a vacation one time and I call it a vacation. I was umpiring his team in Florida, you know, for a, a world tournament. <laughs> it's like, and then we went to Clearwater for three days at a travel lodge. That's awesome. <laughs> stayed at a travel lodge and we thought we were big ballers. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and I think cool. Wes and I just, you know, we're not um, vacation type people. We, you know, if we can pour into kids, you know, um, going back to COVID today was a drive-by birthday party for one of our players. And I thought, why wouldn't I do that? What if I, I haven't driven in two weeks so I packed up grabbed some bags of candy and threw some sour patch kids at a at, you know at one of my players it was fabulous that's awesome so. that's cool really cool yeah that's that's really um I mean I have a I have a lot of questions I'm not even sure where to start <laughs> <laughs> um no I, I think that's cool well, let me go back to what you you said that your your biological dad was like mm-hmm. hey uh, girls don't play sports. Your stepdad was like, no, you can do anything. When you first heard that message of, Hey, you can do anything you want. How long do you feel like it took you before you actually started to believe it yourself? Oh, belief. Well, I'm 42, I think. And I'm going to say I really started walking in it at about 40. <laughs> if I'm uh, being honest. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, uh, I, and that would be like 100% fruition of kind of who I am as a person, um, and still needs a ton of tweaking. He reminds me this, um, <laughs> probably not often enough. Um, I think that 
it's almost like I, I equate it to a kid or a parent, like an adult that goes on the sugar-free cleanse, right? And then the minute you can have sugar again, you freak out. And so for me, it was like, I had this man come into my life at 12 years old. He's like, you can do anything. I was like, I'm going to. And I literally tried every single <laughs> thing. Like I did choir. No, I cannot sing, but I, I wanted to be a country singer. And oh. yeah, it's <laughs> ridiculous kind of just thinking about those things. And I, and I, this is one of the caveats to, to coaching. I don't know, like you can see our shirt is, yeah. Strong athletic women, know them, be them, raise them. Nice. Because yeah. I'm a firm believer if I could have had my stepdad at birth, mm. um, and I'm not a huge advocate for that term either. He's my dad. Um, yeah. uh, I, I would have had a very different, I think, um, that's what I'm looking for, confidence. Sure. We talk about that with, uh, with Beja because people ask this all the time, you know, about, we call them our kids. They're our kids, but we've never had any kids together, but we've raised them all. Um, and you can't tell, I have three, Wes has three, his youngest and my oldest are three months apart. They've been inseparable since they've met. And you can't tell our girls that they're not half black. They're not, but you can't tell them that. <laughs> yeah. And um, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> um, literally tells everybody this. Um, <laughs> And, and we talk about it just in-house, like the amount of confidence that our youngest has, um, I'm convinced is because she has these two crazy parents that are like, you can do anything. There's nothing you can't do. There's nothing you cannot do in this world. And I think that, um, and I was just telling them right before we got on here, I said, well, you know why she has that confidence is because she's never been wounded. Well, she, but mm. you know, it's a part of falling down, but we just don't just fall down and be like, oh God, I'm giving up. But you get back up and you go try again. You, you just keep it moving. That's all she knows. I mean, Coach mm -hmm. Deb knows, knows mm -hmm. Asia, and Asia does not lack her confidence <laughs> at all. Not, no. I mean, yeah, so she just, it, it's cool no, to watch. So, I mean, it really honestly is. And I'm waiting. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hit her and she's gonna, she doesn't understand. She's very naive to a lot of things. But she definitely doesn't. She just she like she, she doesn't get it. But it'll happen. But I'm I'm really confident that she's going to be able to respond. She truly is. She'll have some questions for us, and we're going to have some some conversations. And I'm going to be like, I can't even get into some of the conversations we've had on in this forum about <laughs> where she, oh, no. she comes up. But uh, but no, she it's pretty cool to watch. Come and talk to us in our house. We have like proof rules. Tell the truth you know, the consequence is going to be pretty limited in terms of like what we're going to do for punishment. Um, but if you lie, your life is over. Like it's over. <laughs> so, I mean, we yeah. had, had a kid that didn't have a cell phone for seven months. I don't care. Don't lie to us. I yeah. mean, we're pretty, we're pretty intense in that aspect, but. So we watch um, Criminal Minds. Don't forget that. <laughs> I just, I'm just a big advocate of like, who you are as, as a human. And if you choose to have the character, you know, the characteristics and attributes of someone that's dishonest or, or cheats or steals at a young age, like we, we all read it all the time. Like your, your personality is, is, is set by the age of five, you know? And so can it be undone? Yes, but it takes just so much positive. And I just think yeah. we don't live in a world that maybe has the, the capacity to kind of keep up on that, that positivity. So, um, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, so don't lie in this house. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. I'm, a, I'm not going to lie to you right now. I'm scared. <laughs> um, Josh is like, they both scare me equally. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, just, I just met you, so I'm, you're doing a good job, I can tell. <laughs> um, and I, so I apologize if I missed this, but the, um, the event, that you, the homeless event you guys do, um, what, what does that entail? Um, so our Love the Homeless event, uh, the first couple times, we teamed up with a couple different people. Um, the first time we did it was really fun. We did it with Joe um, Jaquez. He's, um, he's a really great man too, He, um, <laughs> which is another, he's one of our pos, po, uh, partners at HRT. He's also my boss during the day at my day job. I work with um, adults with special needs. And, um, and then we both coach in different organizations and we've coached together and just a, a solid human. And he's another guy that, he goes to a restaurant and I always make fun of him. I'm like, bro, who doesn't eat leftovers? Well, he's like, I don't. And I thought it was kind of bougie. And then I found out it's because he always hands them out to the homeless people. I was like, well, now I'm a jerk. How do you argue with that? And so um, he had already had one set up and he was like, Hey, why don't you guys bring your teams? I'm like, yes. So we did that uh, with Joe and, um, that was, I think, the first time that Wes had really been a part of something on that scale. And that was the quietest I've ever seen him. He was darn near speechless the whole time, I think, mm -hmm. um, just because there was, he said there was so much you were taking in from that event. Uh -huh. um, and then it's kind of evolved. And, and this last um, this last one we went and did, we, or the last two years, actually, we partnered with USA Softball um, and Gary Ibarra. And yeah. that's just been huge because Gary, again, I think when you work with other people, it opens up additional contacts. And so there were just things I hadn't thought of, um, which I don't know why I didn't think of this. Cause I think, I swear at one point we had like 17 cats growing up. And so I was like, I never occurred to me that we would want pet food for homeless people. And Gary like facilitated that and he would reach out. Um, and so the last couple, um, we did with him and they brought out the big, huge USA haulers we had 15 tables filled with just clothing that we had put in military backpacks that um, we had got from some friends um, as well. Um, and then what we do is we meet at HRT the night before, we load up the backpacks and it became pretty specific, gender specific. We had um, females, males, and then kids that we filled with toys and coloring books and um, different things like that. And then they all got bottled waters and snacks and you know, your basic toiletries, things like that. And then um, one of our assistant coaches, Curdy, had um, contacts with tarps. And so we ended up this last year getting so many tarps. And that was the first time. Honestly, I don't think it, it, it's just something I love to do. It doesn't have a positive or a negative impact, if that makes sense. It's just something that, that I do. And um, that impacted me when all of a sudden I heard Curdy's like, I forgot to give the tarps. And he turned. And then, sorry, we also do five tables of food. So we feed them the whole time. So they're going, they're getting their clothes, they're getting their animal food, then they're getting their food, then they come to the end and, you know, anything we can help them with. Um, it, we just want them to feel loved. So um, Curdy pulls up with this pickup and he's got, I don't know, 200 tarps, I think, maybe even more. I don't, don't quote the exact number. And Gary held it up and this gentleman came down, you remember this? Yeah. And he came down and he grabbed the tarp and he turned and he goes, hey y'all, they're giving away houses. Mm. And that was the first time I, I just yeah. froze. And I, I was like, and it was pretty neat. Like uh, this last year, there was a gentleman that came 
And this was pretty powerful to me too, because I, I share with people, like people think homeless are all, you know, drug addicts or mentally unstable. And it's not the case. It isn't. Um, my parents were neither of those. Um, my parents had me when they were 17. My mom had myself and my brother at 17. Um, you're pretty ill-equipped, I think, at, at raising a family at that point. Um, and she did her very best. I mean, I talked to her every day, practically. She's fabulous. Um, but you you have a set of rules. The, the homeless community has their set of rules and guidelines, and they're very, like, don't cut line. Where's this line start? Like, they're rule followers. <laughs> they're going through. But this young kid came through, and he had a Caligold hat that – he had asked, I want to say he'd asked West for it. He was like, hey, that's a pretty cool, we didn't ask for it. He said, that's a pretty cool hat, man. West was like, here. He came back in line a year later with that same hat on. It looked brand new. And I was just so touched that he took such care of a hat, you know? And that's what I want these kids to see that we're coaching is like, mm-hmm. we don't take, you know, they lose a, a they lose a bat. Their parents buy them another $500 bat. And it's like, I want you guys to, to understand you know, this is, this is real life. These people are hurting. They need to be loved on, you know, you have the ability to do that, giving them a house with a tarp, giving them, you know, warm, chilly sweatshirt, um, just hugging them, you know? Yeah, it it, it was, uh, I'll say the first time was a little overwhelming for me. And and the biggest reason why it was overwhelming for me was the amount of kids. Again, I, I was, yeah, I, I, I sort of lost it. I had to actually walk away a couple of times because I just could not, I couldn't process that. I'm not gonna lie. It, 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 so I was quiet because I couldn't process. Uh, well, I, I was crying probably more than a little bit. I just, I, <laughs> I just was. I was like, I stepped back and I just looked at this, and I was just like, this is just insanity to me. And and again, Bo is. And you talk about element. There's two places. Well, there's three: softball, in uh, church, and then with the homeless. Bo is in our element. It's just like there's nothing like. It, it, it was like uh, people watching. You had to see the, the, the parents that we had come in. Obviously, people were a little standoffish. Let's just be real. They were. They were like, oh, I'm not sure about this. Hey, let's keep the kids on this side. Let's make sure they're not. We're, obviously, we walked in groups. We didn't just send the, hey, kids, go off by yourself. Right? But if, if this, the more we got involved with it, the more you start to see a little bit better comfort level. And I was, it was easier for me to deal with as well. The last one I got – we get brand new, had a brand new white sweatshirt on. It was just you know, got here, right? And this guy was talking about. He's like, "The sweatshirt." I said, hey, "You want sweatshirt?" He's like, "What?" I said, "Yeah, here, take sweatshirt." Yeah, right. I mean, and you saw people look. I, it's no big deal. It's a sweatshirt. I got another sweatshirt that I can have. But that meant the world. I guarantee you, we go out there again. That dude's gonna come back. Hopefully, I don't see him. That's what I like to see. We've seen a lot of. We don't see. We're like, oh, that person's not here. Maybe something good happened to yeah. them in their life. So, yeah. But you do, you have the returners. We had, I mean, some uh, that I, you know, can see are mental health, some that I can uh, see are, you know, uh, on drugs. Um, the kids are in really safe uh, mm-hmm. environment. Uh, they're all behind the tables working. I'm on the, the this side of the tables with Wes. And we'll go hand out food, adults. but we all, it'd be like a four group of four or five girls and then like a, two adults to make sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I feel like um I feel like we met like five or six years too late because I was involved in a lot of uh uh things like this. Uh I, pretty much a lot of all the stuff you guys are doing, I was involved with all these types of things. And so I feel like this was uh I'm glad I'm meeting you guys now, but I feel like it would have been even better like five years ago. Uh, but uh 
Yeah, no, it's a really cool thing, especially when you have your, this opportunity to bring young athletes to a setting like that where, yeah, you know, you you get frustrated. We all get frustrated and competitive during a game, and sometimes we let that stuff linger and we think it's the end of the world. But then when you go to an event like that where you see someone else's world that's very different and, and very challenging, such as a homeless person, it really helps put life into perspective. It's like, yeah, it sucks that you, you know, you had – a three strikeout day at the plate, but at least you had a place to go home. Right. And at least you had food to eat. And so I think it's always a good thing for any, really any young person, any person to attend something like that or volunteer at something like that, but especially for athletes because their platform is so big, right? Like we know athletes all across the city that have pretty big platforms and if they can use it for something like that, um, and what better way to spend your time. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I, I, I could listen to you guys all day, every day talking, I swear. Just, yeah. I love everything you guys have to say. No, great. seriously, like, Josh and I get in this element. We talk about some mm-hmm. guests that come on the show that we forget we're supposed to ask questions and we forget we're the co-hosts because yeah. we're just didn't listen. <laughs> and that's yeah. what I'm doing. I'm just, like, listening. But um, you guys have a lot of great advice and a lot of good things to say. Um, something that, um, that I wanted to ask you guys and that just came in my brain just now is um, do you have any – um, advice for a new coach or a coach going into from an assistant to a head coach position, someone mm-hmm. who is just getting into that game. Is there like a golden piece of advice that you could give to them? Um, I, I just, so, and again, this is a, a tough one because I, I, I'm a control freak. Right. Mm. So yep, you're not wrong. You, you know, I am. I, and I have to have people around me. <laughs> that I trust. Okay. I, and and then when I, when I say the control freak part, I'm not saying that cause I think I know everything. That's not what I, what I mean by that. So that's not what I'm trying to come across with. But if I see something and I feel that people are not uh, getting it, I'll just go with it. What I found with the people that we're bringing in, um, I'm, my reins are, I'm letting go and I'm stepping back. So it's, it's, it's a huge relief rate because I didn't want to be like that, but I'm just the personality that if it's not, if we're not getting it, I need to explain it because I have 60, 70 girls that are waiting for me to explain this to them and they need to understand what this means. But I have, we have some phenomenal parents that are involved. We have some, some athletes that we bought in that played. Um, and it's, it's all coming together where I have a group of, we probably have 10, 11 coaches on board. And I believe that every one of them brings something special to the table. And, and I'll be honest with you, in the past, I didn't really feel that everyone was invested in what we We've definitely had some good we coaches doing. that have come across yes. that just weren't invested in the same vision, yeah. if that makes sense. I think they still yeah. wanted to coach, and they still wanted to be involved in a little bit different aspect. Because we in our program, we don't have any head coaches. And we have one coach that works in that in that role, but we have other people that do not have kids on the team that are the heads of those teams. So it just takes a, it just takes a little pressure actually off the, the parent as well um, to make sure. So I, I coach, my answer would be just surround yourself with people that, that you trust. And, and obviously when you can surround yourself with somebody that has a knowledge, like I'm 53 years old, right? In the last three years, I've learned so much from Coach T. That, that woman is, a, she's just amazing to me. Just the little things that she does, right, besides spoiling these girls like, like no other, mm-hmm. just listening to her conversations. And obviously when she gets 
to – it cracks me up when she gets to that point where Coach T comes back. I feel like I need to back up <laughs> when Coach T lets go sometimes. And I'm just like – but she's taught me so much in three years. I can't, I can't thank her enough of how much I've learned from her. And I've been coaching for almost, like I said, 38, 40 years. And it's just amazing to be around Coach Truesdale. She's amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. I awesome. say, um, speak less, do more. Um, I think the biggest battle that, that we find in the softball community is it's um, male dominated um, as, a, as a coaching uh, sport, and it's primarily Caucasian males. Um, and so I, I kind of joke a little bit. Um, even back when we were umpiring, I trained um, a deaf umpire. And then got to host Deaf Worlds with him and umpire that. And um, I told Wes, I said, we're the trifecta. If you get the three of us on the field together, like nobody's going to want us out there because it's like, you know, you got this loud opinionated white lady and <laughs> the deaf umpire. And, I mean, it's just like, um, and so I think I would just, and and we're bringing in this this group of young uh, female coaches, all all of these young females. I think you guys um, interviewed AJ, right, Alexis Johnson? A couple times, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's so, awesome. She is, and what I love about AJ, she, what I really love about her is how coachable she is about the sport. And so I think any time that you think you know everything about this sport and everything about um, as a coach you are doing a disservice to not only yourself, but your players, because the game, any sport is evolving, but softball evolves at such a, a fast pace. Um, and I think that the nature of that requires you to adapt and change with it. And so if you're unwilling to adapt and change your own coaching styles, and so I think that you get a kid like, you know, AJ was the first coach that we were able to bring in and hire on board and, um, and I think the same kind of thing. You talk about this great kid. The girls loved having her around. And she would get in the car with us, and she'd be like, this is relationship goals. <laughs> all they do is talk softball all the time. And I was like, and then she started to travel with us. And she was like, huh. <laughs> there's, one of, there's one of two things with Wes and I when we're traveling. We finish games, and we literally will talk softball for, what, six, eight hours maybe after a game. Or it's complete silence. Yeah. And go to that side of the room. Let me go to that side of the room. <laughs> and oh. we have process, and no, not, and not in a bad way, but just in a way that he processes his game his way. I process my game my way. And yeah. I just remember AJ, we were in, in uh, was it, I can't remember though if it was Texas or Arizona, but she was in the backseat. And all of a sudden I got this text. She's like, awkward silence. <laughs> and, I, you know, just because that's how we process. Yeah. Where, you know, up to that point, she'd only seen the Wesson Bow that debriefed for six to eight hours after. And yeah. I think the, the higher that we go and the more that we travel, the, when, when more becomes at stake in terms yeah. of um, what we're trying to pull out of people, then uh, we're processors. And I, we both process differently. Wes is a processor, like a, I would say, 72-hour processor. Hmm. And I'm like... I feel like I spent 30 minutes on that in my head. You ready to talk this out? No, seven, seven minutes. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, I'm that's not ready. And I'll that's come very specific, later. seven minutes. I come an hour later, I'm like, are you ready? He's like, no, no. no. I'm like, oh, huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you know, and so, you know, I think that um, as especially as young female coaches, I never really had female mentorship. And so 
um, until later in my career. And I learned so much and just how much you can be their mom and their friend and their sister and their, their, you know, just those things are important to me. Just the relationships that we've been able to cultivate with, with our coaches um, and, and our assistant coaches. Yeah. I mean, we really have a great group of people right now. We have, so we have, and I don't want to take away from, we have some dads that, that are helping them have had some playing experience that bring a lot to the table, yeah. but to, I, mean, I, I just keep it real a hundred percent. The females are the ones that are girls, especially these young ones that are coming in to it. It's obtainable for them. So this girl, she just graduated. She's been out for two years. I want to listen to her. Yeah, Coach West may have something. Like, what Coach West old dude? They just got you know whatever. I, I don't. Re, I don't. She doesn't relate to me. Just the fact that I can tell her stuff from the knowledge that I have, and I can break drills down. I can do things for them. I'm not. I don't have that ego. That's not where I'm at. I see the value in bringing young, confident um, athletes, uh, female athletes, in for these girls to go like, oh. That's my, that could be my future. Yeah, right? that's so, great. so that's, I definitely love that part of it. And confidence breeds confidence. So I think like when Josh and you were asking me, I look at the young coaches we have in now and I tell them this all the time. I'm like, you guys, I, we all have kind of the same knowledge at that age, but I didn't have the confidence that these young women have that are working with us now. Mm -hmm. And that's what I like to see is they're strong, they're confident, they're opinionated. Um, and it just brings so much to the table because Wes and I are big conversationalists, which people, I think might not know that about us. Um, we do love to just, our kids make fun of us. We'll turn off the TV and we'll just sit and talk softball for hours. Um, daily. Awesome. Um, we'll FaceTime each other on our drive home from the facility. Mind you, it's 11 minutes and we'll FaceTime each other the whole drive back just to talk about what did you think about this practice and how can we be better and, you know, different things like that. And it's not how can Wes and Bo be better. It's how can these young women be better and how can we help them be stronger and, and have confidence and, and those kinds of things. And I think he sells himself short sometimes when he says that, yeah, obviously he doesn't know what it's like to have, to be a woman. And you know, when he hears about the, the women's side of it and when they talk about it, he's like, I'm out. Yeah. You can start talking about different things. I'm out. <laughs> he's so good at coaching them. Like, I love field stuff. And so um, they're just, you know, again, you, everyone has to be a working part of that wheel. You know, and, and the more people you bring in sometimes can collapse the wheels. And in and, and kind of in what's happening right now, we just have this really great collaboration. And, um, you know, even just with COVID right now, we're doing a ton of Zoom practices and Zoom lessons and, and, and things of that nature. Um, and we've been letting the girls kind of roll with it and we just pop in and out. That's never happened in our, you know, over decade coaching together. We would have to be there. But it's we have that trust and we have that that belief that they really we all have that same vision. At the end of the day, there it's not like any of these young women are, are trying to pull away from a vision. If that makes sense. But that but that goes to the girls. Absolutely, um, it goes to a lot of our coaches stepping up. Yeah. Because all of them would just hey we'll do it. We always we've always had people in place that would do what we asked them to do. I've been waiting for people to want to take over. I remember having meetings in our last couple of hires that we brought in. They'll be like, I'll be talking. They're like, oh, hold up, coach. I need these girls to make sure they get this done. And I'm like, oh, there it is. There, it's just not my voice if they're hearing a coach Bo. There, yeah. There's coach whoever that's over there saying, yeah, this needs to happen right now. And I'm like, wow, this is good stuff. My so, favorite, I think, was we had our coaches. We were talking to our players, our older players. And um, one of our new coaches, Coach K, 
Those we're, are talking, we're talking to the parents. Kind of oh, parents. we were having a parent meeting. Yes. We were talking to parents. Sorry, thank you. Yeah. We were talking to parents, and you could hear some buckets had fallen in the background. And Wes and I are really big on structure and lining up your gloves and taking care of gear. And so we hear this, and we're immediately pulled to like stop talking to the parents so that we can go take care of this. Coach K walks by, and she's like, she cracks me up. She goes. Uh, that's hot garbage, ladies. I expect you all to run back in and take care oh, of this awesome. hot garbage. And all the parents are kind of standing there. And Wes is like, I love her. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it frees yeah. us up. So then we're able to yeah. do it. But yeah, hot garbage is the new term. Yeah. So I like it. I like it. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh well, my hey, gosh. We, um, I feel like we could talk to you guys for forever. Um, but we want to be respectful of your time for sure. So um, I guess before we get out of here, we like to give our guests kind of the final say of the episode. So is there any final piece of advice or just final thought you want to put out there for coaches, athletes, or parents? Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a, kind of a big open-ended question, well, but we like we, to ask it. Yeah, I'll, I'll just keep it, keep it simple. I would say as coaches, um, Coach Jeff would say advice. Slow it down as a coach. Don't think you have to do everything right away. Okay, take take the small victories. Don't and 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 don't get too high. And then when you when you fail, don't go too low. I, I tell my girls all the time: we want to be when we play, we want to be like on a steady climb. We don't want to be high and then low, right? Obviously, those come within part of in competitive sports or anything that we do in life, right? So just trying to understand: don't beat yourself up too bad when you fail, because in this game. And in life, it's, it's failure. You're going to fail. So it's how we pick ourselves up and how we, how we respond to that is what I would say. Um, as far as parents, I would say, and I'll keep it simple, if you trust people to take care of your kids, then let them do their job. I, that's all I can say. I'm not, I'm not saying being a dad coach or a mom coach is a bad thing. I'm not saying that. But if you decide that you want to, I'm going to invest in whoever it is to, to help my kid then trust them, even through the tough times. Don't just pick up and say, ah, this isn't for me. I'm going to leave. We just watched a documentary on that and understanding these teams that are really successful are the ones that just stay the course. Majority. Obviously, you're going to lose a couple kids. So that's obviously influenced by your parents because we listen to our parents. What are you going to do? I'm not going to listen to my parents. I'm going to do whatever. So I would just say, trust them. If you're not, have a conversation with your coaches and, and, and find out what your true path is because I'll give you the answer. Now, be careful what you ask for, because you might not like what I tell you. Because my 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 interest is vested in your child, not, not in your and not your journey. Your journey is over as far as an athlete. So support your your journey with your kids. So I would just be coaches be patient. Parents trust your coaches, whoever that coach is. Just mm -hmm. trust them. So. That's good. Um, and I would tag on tag on that as well. I think um, like even with our. We have one of our daughters, um, she signed, she's going to go play uh, college softball. And um, we've trusted the coaches. Do we always agree with what they're doing and saying? No, um, obviously, you know, there's different hairstylists, different doctors, different mechanics. Um, you know, we all have, have choices. But I think most of us at the end of the day, we pick our mechanic and run with that for 10 years or, you know what I'm saying? And so um, I would say, you know, trust and, we, and we've had people ask us you know why why do you have your kid playing here and it's like I'm not having this conversation with you I, I choose not to feed into that um and so for us we have a couple taglines that I would say um also from a from a dad that, that I thought was great he said the parents role should always be to hashtag drive pay and cheer 
And I think <laughs> as, a, as a parent, he nailed that. Drive, yeah, pay, and cheer. That's it. Um, yeah. And then what I tell our, our players is you have to suck to succeed. Um, this is a sport of failure. And, and it's life, you know, at the end of the day, when you have to go up to, you know, Coach Wes and Coach Bo and have those tough conversations with tears in your eyes, guess what? We've all been there, right, Deb? You know, I've, I've had to talk to bosses and I'm fighting tears because I'm trying to be tough. Um, but those are life skills we have to learn. And they aren't just skills that show up one day. So allow your kids to fail and then teach them how to find success through those failures by walking them through that. And I think we're just, we're big advocates on that. I'm sure Deb loves it because we don't go to parent-teacher conferences ever. <laughs> we're like, we know what they need to do. Like, you know, we, we follow their, their grades all year long. They need to figure it out, you know. So yeah. trust it. what's happening. And trust that your kids are smarter than you think that they are. Yeah. Or stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Love That's it. good. That's great. That was a good mic drop. That was a good mic drop, like right there. <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> That's that awesome. was so good. Um, we appreciate you guys coming out here. Um, is there, um, uh, we didn't even ask this before we started recording, but is there like um, an Instagram page that you want to throw out there for our listeners? Website, um, all that stuff. Um, we have our uh, website is ps33academy.com. Okay. Um, we have, and we're all over Facebook and Instagram and same with HRT sports. Um, and our hashtags are strong athletic women. Awesome. Cool. And cool. Hashtag the Archie way. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like you guys it. can see. If only you guys could see Wes's face right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Josh, where, the, where can they follow us at? Oh, we're switch it up, huh? All right, yep. it's uh, on Instagram, Character Combine, Twitter at Sports Character, Facebook Character Combine, uh, LinkedIn is Character Combine, but don't bother, we don't post there. Uh, <laughs> YouTube, we have some uh, cool videos from past events, okay. and uh, Deb says she's gonna start Snapchat again, but I have yet to see any evidence of that. So. Uh, probably not going to happen. She, she said this like four months ago. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do the Snapchat. Not not here. So, <laughs> How are you not? You're on all those social media. That's how I got your lash girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing lashes anymore. My lashes oh. are naked right now. Oh. All, the girls, all the girls in the world are crying right now because their hair is not done, their nails aren't done, their lashes aren't We're done. We're all going to look like sloth when we come out of this. We're just going to have like hair over our face. and Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for talking with us yes thank you that was a lot of fun thank you guys that was, yeah. that was fun that was fun we've never yeah, done anything like that so felt honored to do so thank well, you well you guys are, you guys are like pros so i i don't know if i believe that but <laughs> i don't know about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah so thank you guys so much we appreciate it and uh enjoy uh enjoy criminal minds for the rest of this yeah, i'm getting ready to go hey i'm on season 10 episode 12 right now <laughs> hey man that's a that's a that's a, a lot of ways you can kill someone so <laughs> it's not any better because mine by the way is bones go watch it that's my binge my, show bones. my wife loves bones. that show so i do too she loves it yeah so she's oh, she like survivor it. too so don't get it twisted. oh that's facts i love survivor you could basically be my wife because she's a survivor too. Not sure how to respond to that, Josh. <laughs> I don't know. And on, and on, 
<laughs> and on that note, uh, let's get out of here. All right, thank you guys. <laughs> it must be amazing. She's pretty cool. She's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know how she's going to respond to that either. We'll find out. That's usually what happens. I say something on the podcast, and then I see how she reacts. I've told some stories before, and she's like, I hate you. Throw the blanket on the couch, bro. Oh, yeah, no. It stays there. It stays there. (laughs) So, well, thank you guys so much. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.